0: The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chance. Out to Ristolon, and he fans, and the Oilers will have a breakaway. It's Connor McDavid, right to left, in across the blue, shoots and scores! Five-hole, Connor McDavid! The breakaway goal
1: for Connor McDavid as the Edmonton Oilers pull away from the Buffalo Sabres. 7-2 the final tonight at Rogers Place. Two goals for Zach Cassian, two goals for Milan Lucic, who, by the way, has three goals in the last four games after having two in the previous 88. He gets his first goal at Rogers' place since March 5th. The Oilers bounce back above 500 as they continue to alternate wins and losses in January. They are 22, 21, and 3. Very solid goaltending tonight. By Miko Koskinen, he makes 41 saves. It's 10.01. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We're live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, we've been talking a lot lately about the Oilers starting a game poorly, starting a game with not a lot of energy, standing around and waiting to see what kind of game it's going to be like. Well, this one was funny because the Oilers were scored on on the first shot against, exactly one minute into the game. And yet, four minutes and 28 seconds into the first period, they're up by two goals. So I guess it was a good start, even though it didn't look that way at the beginning.
2: Well, the first goal, I'm sure that Koskinen would want back. It wasn't a great goal. It was a shot. It was deflected, but his body wasn't up against the post and he was beat short side on a bad angle shot. But the Oilers responded, and that's something that we haven't seen a lot of. We've seen a sag when the Oilers give up a, an early goal or, or they give up a, a goal that they probably think shouldn't have gone in. But instead they came back, and, and they they pushed, and they pushed, and they pushed for the first five minutes, and they got that 3-1 lead. Unfortunately, after that, they, they, they had a lull in their game, which allowed Buffalo to get back into it. But this was a much better start to a hockey game than the Oilers have had as of late.
1: the Oilers win it. It was 3-2 after the first, 5-2 after the second. In fact, it was 5-2 five minutes into the second period. The Oilers got early goals in the middle session for McDavid and Lucic. That was it for Carter Hutton. He allowed five goals on 12 shots. Linus Allmark went the rest of the way for Buffalo. A lot of positive offensive performances for Edmonton tonight, but we mentioned Koskinen. I mean, he probably wants the first one back. I know it was tipped, but goes in short side. He winds up with 41 stops. Buffalo a lot of zone time, especially in, in the first period. He stopped a couple breakaways, including one in the final minute of the game where I think the Oilers might have gone to sleep a little bit. So you can look at this one and say, okay 7-2, how much did you need your goaltender? Well, they needed their goaltender quite a bit.
2: Well, I think the game could have changed in the, in the last half of the first period. The, the Oilers have a 3-1 lead, feeling pretty good about themselves and then they went to sleep and Koskinen had to make a number of saves. If Buffalo would have came back from 3-1 in the first and tied it, all of a sudden going into the second period they're going to feel pretty good about themselves in a 3-3 game they had a number of great scoring chances Darlene had one late in the period uh where a big glove saved by Koskinen so it, it was a it was a 7-2 laugher but the only reason they got to that big lead was because of the play of Koskinen early and to me the way that Koskinen played tonight Uh, gets him the the crease for the next game. I go back with Gosselin because he gave the Oilers a chance when the Oilers did have a bit of a a lapse in their game.
1: Oilers going into Vancouver on Wednesday. That one will start at 8 o'clock. Well, Robin, you know, you're... It, months, years from now, someone's going to see this score when they're looking back at the Oilers season and see, well, 7-2. But there are always moments in the game where where it's up for grabs. And, and you mentioned it. You know, Buffalo probably still felt pretty good about the attack time they were getting, trailing by a goal after the first period. But then the massive massive mistakes by the sabers today and it was those two early in the second period that really al- allowed the oilers to get some breathing room you,
2: you've got to read situations and you got to understand the game and when you're on the ice to start the second period and buffalo actually had some pretty good zone time in the first you know 20 30 seconds you can't leave a guy by himself at the top when he's going against Connor mcdavid And Ristolainen, uh, he's got the puck on his stick, but there's so many bad things that can happen. You can't can't leave him standing. They need support. And if there was support, if there was a second defense back, McDavid did stumble twice. So they probably could have caught him. Instead, he's up there by himself, and everyone's thinking offense. You can't think completely offense when Connor McDavid's on the ice. That's a huge mistake. And while they're reeling from that mistake, just a bonehead play by Scandella. I, I, I don't... I still... I've seen the replay six times. I don't understand how you're one-touching a puck in your own zone across... Like, he's, he's trying to go boards to boards in his own zone with a one-touch. Like, he's trying to one-time it all the way across with Oiler standing in between. And uh, Milan Lucic, good on him. He stayed up in the forecheck. He knocks it down and then goes in. And that one, I... Uh, that was, to me, a bad goal on the goaltender Hutton there. Uh, he looked like he jumped out of the way. And... So all of a sudden, a Buffalo Sabre team that probably felt they were unjustifiably behind after the first 20 minutes, they made two big mistakes. The Oilers capitalize on those mistakes and then then it was clear sailing from then on in. The Buffalo Sabres, they lost all life in the game once they fell behind
1: 5-2. 7-2 the Oilers win it tonight so the Japanese Village goal light is on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com Steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside and Sherwood Park. You can go to the page now and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village. Well, I, I even thought in the first period Rob the uh, uh, Cassian second goal. Uh, I mean, it looked like a two-on-two, two. And, and then all, he's all alone in front. And, and I, I even want to ask you about Lucic's second goal, because that was a two-on-one from the Oilers' defensive blue line, and, and it looked like it it, it might be a two-on-three when Lucic first got the puck, and then all of a sudden away he and Nuge went.
2: Well, the the, the first one, the Cassian one, it was a nice play by Cassian dumping the puck behind the defender because you're going forward. It's a two-on-two. Two. Uh, don't try to beat him. One on one at the blue line, put it in an area where he can raise some. And when, it, and when he dumped it and Reader came across, it messed up the defense. And Bolio, I don't know what he's thinking there. He, he kind of quit on the play, and all of a sudden it turns into a two on one. Smart play by Reader, good play by Cassian. But again, the Buffalo Sabres in great position. A two on two with Reader and Cassian. Neither player really scares you offensively of beating you one on one. But they turned it into a two-on-one. And then again, yeah, the, the, the Lucic and Nugent Hopkins one. Uh, I, I, cheating, players cheating at the offensive zone. Uh, eventually, the Buffalo Sabres started cheating. Their, their, their game was over, so now they're trying to get back. They're more or less trying to score a hat-trick in one shot. So they're cheating on every play. And When teams start to press that way, you're going to get scoring opportunities the other way. And what I liked about the fact that Lucic shot on the two-on-one, He's been a guy who's struggled for a year trying to put the puck in the net. Uh, he, he's, he's got in a perfect shooting area. I mean, in a game when you start getting a lead, you start thinking make e make fancier plays. He needs to find his confidence. And right there, the one shot that he has always used when he's had success is 5 hole he, he, he tries to put the puck through the goalie. And that was a heavy shot, and it went through him. Huge. I mean, the one goal was, was great for him having two goals in a game he's going to have a ton of confidence going forward over the next little while
1: well i think that's what you hope and he's even even said that that a lot of his struggles has been between the years and Mm -hmm. and we've talked about body language or expressing frustration go to the bench i mean he had two goals coming into the game gets two tonight cassian had two goals coming into the game gets two tonight so so they got to be feeling a lot better and and look you're not going to expect this every night but you know as has been a theme for the Oilers, if Someone like Lucic or Cassian, or maybe eventually Reader, who I thought actually had a good game. Yeah, Reader played well too. Still, still hasn't scored. But I mean, if if some guys like that even start scoring occasionally, I mean, that could make a huge difference to, into the stretch here.
2: Well, I would think that that you you will see that as a line next game. Uh, Nugent Hopkins with Cassian and Lucic, they had some success today. They they fed off each other, um, and hopefully they can carry that forward because. Uh, the next game, the Vancouver Canucks, are going be. it's going to be a tougher game, and it's going to be a much more important game. The Canucks, who are, I don't think anyone remotely expected to be in a playoff race, here we are in the second half of the season, and they're right there. And they know the importance of the game against Edmonton. They are healthy. They've played the Oilers very well the first two games or the last two games when they were beat up. Now they're a healthy lineup, especially if Peterson's back in. Uh, they're, they're a tough team. They play hard, they play well, and the Oilers are going to have their hands full.
1: So we'll update you on the playoff race here as we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to advantagetrailerrentals.com. The Avalanche, who haven't been doing well lately, like most of those teams in the bottom half of the West, uh, they beat, well, I guess more, the teams in the middle are the ones that have been, <laughs> been doing bad. Some of the, the lower Top teams have been Top and bottom okay. have been fine, the middle yeah. guys. The Avalanche beat the Maple Leafs 6-3. The wild lost to the Flyers, 7-4, so that's good for the Oilers. Rob's dark horse team to still make a push. The Blues get up to 500. They win a are playing well. Win.
2: And Tarasenko, the guy that struggled all. He's got eight goals in nine games, I believe, or 8-8. Eight, eight. The St. Louis Blues have a very good hockey club. Watch out for them as they push up in the
1: standings. So they beat the Capitals 4-1. Other scores, the Devils route the Blackhawks 8-5 and the Canadians on a goal by Jeff Petrie beat the Bruins 3-2 in overtime Oilers win here at Rogers play 7-2 so the standings Colorado has the first wild card with 50 points there are four teams with 47 points for one playoff spot once you apply the tiebreaker here the tiebreakers here's how it goes Minnesota Edmonton Anaheim then Vancouver so Edmonton the right number of points but just out on the tiebreaker right now against Minnesota so yeah a huge game against Vancouver.
2: Yeah and Vancouver understands it too. I believe that the Vancouver Canucks are playing with borrowed money. I don't think uh, anyone really thought that they would be here I think that they're enjoying the fact that they're in a playoff run and they're probably playing pretty loose because no one was expecting them. the Oilers on the other hand, all the pressure's on them they were expected to be a playoff hockey club so look to Vancouver
1: to come out and enjoy the experience, it should be a fun game All right, you can get a hold of us at 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. Secondary scoring for the Oilers tonight, that's the adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers are coached by Ken Hitchcock. Here he is for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices. GCLdiesel.com. Ken,
3: can you maybe just discuss the, the two goal performances from Lucic and Cassian, and how, you know, after last game, that's exactly what you were calling for or is more from some different guys? Well, for me, Lucic is, this is five games in a row that he's been like this. He's really playing well. I mean, he's doing, he looks like the player for me that was around two or three years ago. I mean, uh, he's got speed, he's got tempo in his game, both, both ends of the rink. Uh, he's able to pressure and control the boards, making quick decisions off the boards. Uh, his back check or track and reload, what we call it, is exceptional. He breaks up plays after play. He's got great tempo in his game, and this is now five or six games like this. So, I mean, it's good. It's good that he's scoring. It's good for him, but I think the scoring is just the end byproduct of how well he's playing. Cassian... Um, I think, uh, for me, when he plays physical at the puck, he's very effective. Um, and he's starting to understand foot speed to create turnovers. And I think he, he did a good job again today, but both these guys are using their legs more and they're getting on top of people in a big way. And they're, they're big body guys. So they're creating a lot of turnovers for us. It seems this crowd is, is Anxious and eager to cheer for Lou Cheech. I mean, he talked about hearing the Lou chance. you know, before he scored, before he even had the puck. Like, they, the crowd is, seems to be behind this guy. They're playing for him. And I, I've noticed that since the day I came here. They're, they're playing for him. They're trying for him. They want him to do well. They, they love him as a player and as a person. And to me, uh, uh, he's paying him back in spades right now. I mean, this is this is i think the guy that everybody expected when they uh, when they signed him here that this is the guy that they saw in boston and he's got looks like he's got a lot of that game coming back right now but this isn't overnight this has been building and this is now five in a row coach uh,
4: it, it, at the start of the game there's three goals bang 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 i mean and then f- Three to two at the end of the first, but when it starts like that, it is a little bit odd, and are you kind of thinking, what the heck's going on here?
3: Well, odd wouldn't be the word I'd use. Um, bizarre, or nobody had a handle on the other guy, other team's skill, and we were chasing their skill, they were chasing our skill. We had no handle in the first uh, seven or eight minutes on their plays. We we have. We haven't defended a five-man attack like that yet this year, where there's the interchange of forwards and Ds. I mean, we're looking around for our check. There's nobody on the point. The defenseman's staying at the net. We we haven't seen that. We haven't seen maybe Tampa a little bit. But we we struggled to defend it because they had four guys at the net. And uh, the numbers really confused us. And we, were, we got back on our heels quite a bit. And the other thing was that, uh, then that's a little bit on us as coaches, is the, the plan we had at the start of what we expected, their checking schemes were going to be, they weren't, they were different. And I think they caused us some problems. We turned pucks over because we thought certain elements would be open and they were closed off, so that combination. But we haven't seen a five-man attack like this since, since really Tampa. Again, a few of your guys said they're obviously excited to, to have the goals, especially so many coming from your your complementary forwards. But what about the overall defensive play? 43 shots against Koskinen obviously was great for you, especially in the second. Or is it a sloppy game just because when you, you score that many, is that what happens? Or what did you think of the overall defensive zone coverage? I don't think it's so much defensive zone. I, I just don't think we're there yet. I don't... I think we are in fits and starts. I, I don't think... We're, we're working really hard on the details of what matters, and I don't think we're there yet. I, I think we're, we got better as this game went on, but I think there's still a whole other gear that we have to get to that is being played in the West now. And we show flashes of being able to do it. I thought we really did a lot of good things in the second and third period when we needed to do it. But uh, we're not consistent on it, and that's an element that we're going to have to get better at. And as I said before, you win in this league when you control the lines on the ice. And we're still not where we want to be on controlling the lines on the ice. And if we can get to the next level there, then we're going to control the tempo of the hockey game. But there are times, quite frankly, that we chase the game because we're not controlling those lines.
1: All right, that's Oilers head coach Ken Hitchcock. Edmonton winning today 7-2 over the Buffalo Sabres to go to 22-21-3 on the season. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, live in Studio 99. Well, I mean, Hitch saying, obviously, there's still a lot of things to work on. When he's talking about controlling the lines on the ice and you maybe heard that playing for him about 30 years ago. <laughs> and, well, he, uh, and other things. What's he talking
2: about? Well, he used different words back then, but what he means is getting pucks in and getting putts out, and that's the way he used to talk about it. So we saw a number of times in the first period tonight where the Oilers had control of the puck within five feet of their blue line. So they were in the defensive zone, and they didn't get it out. They they would try to make a play, it would get chipped, or a defenseman would come down on them, pinch, keep it in, and they got some odd man... Breaks out of pucks that the Oilers had in their own zone. It turned into two-on-ones. Darlene was the one where he walked down the, the slot, and those were all plays that the Oilers, if they get the puck out, all you have to move is his five feet. Once the puck gets over the blue line, they all have to regroup and start all over again. But if it stays in the blue line, they can attack, and they did a number of times, and the other one is getting pucks in deep at the offensive blue line. A great example tonight was Pilyarvi. He comes up the ace. It's a one-on-two. And he's got no play, so he tries to just chip it in. But he does it kind of a lazy way. And it got to the blue line, and that was it. And then they were coming back. Well, when Pugliarvi was doing that, the Oilers were trying to change. So when he doesn't get it deep into a corner, then Buffalo comes back, and the Oilers are trying to come flying out of the ice. And when you're coming on a line change, it's a hard figuring out who's your man, where's your position and it's kind of a free-for-all. So that's what it means controlling the lines and also in the offensive zone. When they're coming around the boards, if you're able to pinch and keep that puck in at the blue line, again you get to create offense because you don't have to pull out. You're all sitting there, you all can start pushing forward. Uh, the Oilers, I think when they get themselves into trouble is they lose the battle of the blue lines. And we saw that at times tonight and that's when Buffalo keeps offensive zine, op- offensive zone time going.
1: Two for Lucic, two for Cassian, one each for Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, and McDavid. Oilers over the Sabres, 7-2. We'll also go into the Buffalo dressing room later on for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, bankruptcies and consumer proposals, licensed insolvency trustees. We have a uh, text here to 6-30, 6 <coughs> Pardon me, from Dory, who, uh, who says, uh, Hey, Rob, when teammates had two goals in the third period of a blowout, would you primarily focus on trying to get them a hat-trick?
2: Uh, line mates, you would, yes. Absolutely. When you go on the ice, and we saw that tonight, RNH has a two-on-one, and Luch was a little bit behind him. He had a guy coming back on him. RNH could have taken the pucks to the net and shot and scored himself, or at least made an attempt to score. But his whole thought process there was get the hat-trick for his partner. Always. A- a- any chance you go out on the ice with the guy that's got two goals in a game that's in hand, you try to get him the third goal, and RNH tried that tonight.
1: You can get us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, welcome to Overtime Open Line. Uh, hey guys,
4: how's it, go- how's it going? Pretty good. Uh, I have a question and, uh, and I have a comment. My co- my question would be regarding the secondary scoring. Do you guys think with Lucic and Cassian each scoring two tonight, do you think that think that maybe that this maybe this will Allow the Oilers to maybe uh, uh, break out of that second or secondary scoring slump that they've been in.
2: Well, I would hope so. I don't. I mean, again, it's one game. It's. uh,
1: Well, I think Lucic is more of a candidate than Cassian. To to, to, well, I mean,
2: Cassian. Cassian's not a guy that's going to score you twenty goals. He never has. So, uh, Cassian is a guy that you want to chip in every once in a while. But his greatest attributes will be the physicality and playing with a little bit of edge. Uh, Lucic, they would love for him to have a great second half and finish with 15 to 18 goals. And if, he well, does, well, if he does, that means the Oilers are, are going to be pushing for a playoff spot because they need secondary scoring. Playing all professional athletes, they have incredible skill, but it's also what's in between the years. It's confidence and it's the ability to get themselves through tough times that, that make the difference between uh, an okay season and a great season. Milan Lucic, and he'll admit it, he has struggled mentally with what's gone on over the last year and a bit. He has played well as of late, and when Hitch talked about it too, there, I, I bet you in the last three or four games, there's been about six, seven times where Lucic has broken up odd man breaks coming back with his stick, like he's got on his horse and flown back. That shows that he's invested in the game. And there was times last year where he wasn't. As the season started to wind down, when it wasn't good for him, wasn't good for the team, he wasn't invested. He has been as of late. So it, it is only one game, but a confidence-building game like this can go a long ways the next little while. So it, when he gets chances, he's not gonna second-guess himself, not gonna double-clutch the puck. He has a little bit of confidence, a little bit of swagger back in his game.
1: What else did you have, Robert? Do we still have Robert? Robert's gone. Okay. Well, good question, though. Very that, good. That might make all the difference if other guys start chipping in. Zach Cassian chipped in tonight. Two goals as the Oilers beat Buffalo 7 2. Here's Cassian for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts, and turbochargers at great prices. GCLDiesel.com.
3: Talk about exactly before how it's important for your depth guys to maybe take the stress off yeah, uh, your big gunners your first three goals of the game were all you guys kind of a line combo it seemed like that you and Toby had some instrument chemistry early yeah we first one is just a lucky bounce
5: plain and simple second one um, it was a good play by Toby but uh, those are sometimes the breaks you need to open the floodgates I think uh, I don't think we've really changed much uh, the way we've played. end up getting a few bounces,
3: a few goals going.
5: Perfect. <laughs> for
3: you, um, it's your third 2-0 game of your career, but first time you ever win a game you score two goals. So it's nice to get a win and get a pair. I don't know it's about the win more than the individual, but it's a nice combination for you to do both. Yeah, it's nice to get the win. Obviously, we know how important the points are uh, at this stage
5: of the game right now. We want to finish strong. But obviously, it's nice to chip in. Obviously, two goals. Uh, I don't think it are in a stretch where I've ended up with two goals in think, 44 or whatever games there was. So, obviously, it's always nice to score goals. It's the National Hockey League. But, um, hopefully, the uh, flight gate's open now.
1: Brendan Escott working the Oilers' room tonight. Edmonton winning 7-2 against the Buffalo Sabres. Cassian with a couple, two of the early ones actually. Here's how the game started if you missed it. Middlestat with a tip of a Sheary shot from a bad angle. Goes short side on Koskinen. First shot of the game. Exactly one minute in. It's one nothing Buffalo. I don't know if you could feel it, Rob. I, I could feel it.
2: There's a little worry sure, in the building, yes.
1: All of northern Alberta could feel it. And then the Oilers score on their first shot at 2:33. Cassian Putting the puck on net, it goes in off Bogosian stick. Nugent Hopkins with a deflection of Jones's point shot at 3:23, and then at 4:28, Cassie and the goal. You talked about driving the net. Reader sets him up for the to knife it in. So the Oilers score on three of their first five shots. They get three goals in the span of a minute 55. That was the start of the game, and then Buffalo still got one before the period was was nine minutes old. It was 3-2, 8:57 into the game. So that's how it started. The Oilers going to win 7-2. The Nugent Hopkins goal, we should touch on that one. There's a lot of goals to talk about because we've, we've talked about it. We've, we've had listeners interact with us calling or texting. Why don't the Oilers score more goals on deflections? Well, Nuge got one there.
2: Well, part of the reason they don't hang out in front of the net enough, uh, that was a nice play uh, by Jones, first of all, getting, pulling the puck off of the boards and, and throwing it on net. It, it, it doesn't have to be hard your, your goal as a defenseman is to get it by the first wave get it by the, the guy coming out trying to take the shooting lane away And because at least if it gets the net there's a chance for a rebound a chance for it to go in a chance for a tip and Nugent Hopkins skating to that that's a, that's a tough tip that's not an easy play he's got great hands obviously and he showed it on that goal but he was just going hanging around the net and uh, an important goal at that point too I think that really shocked the Sabres there, and it shocked the goaltender And I think that unsettled him because he had really had no chance on any of the first three goals, but all of a sudden you're looking up at the clock, you've had five shots on net, you got three against, and none of them have been McDavid, and you're thinking in the back of your head as the goalie, their best player hasn't even started yet. It's going to be a long night for me. So I think really that unsettled Hutton, and eventually... Uh, he he didn't. Well, obviously, he didn't make it through the second period. He looked a little weak. The fifth goal was terrible.
1: Seven two. The Oilers beat Buffalo tonight. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Megan standing by. Hey, Megan. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Pretty good. Good. Uh, I was just.
3: Uh, I'm a big fan of sports psychology, and ultimately, uh, I'm just kind of curious from people that have played the game. Uh, what is it like for McDavid and Drysidel and Nugent Hopkins and stuff working out there? You know, they're some of the best players in the league, and they're working with average guys. How do they? How do they? Uh, how does that dynamic work in regards to like even the change room and just the relationships that are required to run a good game?
2: Well, Connor McDavid right now is playing with the best players he's ever played with, so he's always played with players that are not even in close to his caliber. If you start thinking through minor hockey, through junior, uh, all the great players, uh, they they understand that they're they've been given a gift, and part of their um, job is to to bring the other players around them up as high as they possibly can, get them to reach their ceiling. So, Megan,
1: uh, do you do you sort of mean though with with the depth problems on the Oilers? I mean, well, Matthews has a team where they're top five overall. Goudreau has a team where they're top five overalls. That's more what you mean?
0: Yeah, no, no, like, uh, no, the first part, actually. That's that's perfect. Uh, I, just, I mean, I, I've played sports
3: my whole life, and, and sometimes you're the best and sometimes you're not. And uh, But, I mean, a lot of times that can that can turn into, like, resentment towards your players, and, and, and that can help
0: uh, or, or destroy the dynamic of trying to put together a good game.
2: Well, you're right, uh, but the the real the really great hockey players uh, understand what the strengths and weaknesses of all the players around them are, and they yeah. understand that those players are, are not capable of doing what they're capable of, and that's why Connor McDavid's great because he can have all these guys that are NHL players, but they can't do what Connor does. Connor just his job is to make every bring everyone up, try to get them to reach their potential because if they do, that allows him to be part of a championship team, but it, it would be different i mean i don 't know exactly what goes through connor 's head since yeah. i 've never been a great player and I, I would not know what it 's like to be way better than everybody else, but i 'm sure that a lifetime of being the best uh, has prepared him to be a leader on this team.
1: Megan, you're going to finish the play tonight. We want to put your name into the draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline pumping fun. Fast Track Edmonton.com.
0: And that's gathered and ultimately cleared by Toby Reeder. Here's Kyle Brodziak hitting the line. Left wing shot score! Zach Cassian with his first goal since December the 7th.
1: Megan, Zach Kassian scored twice tonight. How many goals now does he have on the season? Four or ten? Four. Absolutely. Hang on the line. Kellen will take down your info and put you in the draw. First period, Oilers beat the Sabres 7-2. Harry texts the end. He says, Rob, in terms of what Hitch said about the defense not being there, how many games does it take to coach better defense into the d Why does it take so long to fix the same Mistakes. You got about a minute before we gotta do the news. Well,
2: round. sometimes the players aren't capable. I mean, y- you can only get so much out of out of certain players when it comes to uh, abilities. Um, I some of the mistakes you'll you'll see players make the same mistake game after game after game year after year after year, and you're like, Kate, seriously? How does he not figure it out?" But uh, he, if the players will not get to where he wants them to be, then those players will stop playing for Ken Hitchcock. He he, he knows. Th- there's certain players that are playing above where they should be playing because of injuries and when they're put in a better role or a better situation they'll have more success and I think having Oscar Kleffbaum come back into the lineup was going to help the Oilers defensively simply because now certain players are going to be played in the minutes that they need to play to have success.
1: All right, the Oilers win it 7-2 over the Sabres. You will hear from the winning goaltender, Miko Koskinen. We'll also go into the Sabers' room for their reaction. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. We're live in Studio 99. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Around the board, Sherry pounds it up the right-hand side. Tage Thompson has a step around. Caleb Jones, wrist shot. What a save, Nico Koskinen.
1: Yeah, that was a beauty by Koskinen with about six and a half minutes left in the second period. Thompson in behind the D. Koskinen making the stop for his save of the game, courtesy Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffyloopservice.ca. The Oilers take down Buffalo 7-2. Down to the room. Here's the winning goalie.
3: Miko, uh, just overall, how, how much did this team need to, to win a game this way um, so against a you know a Buffalo team you know it's in the playoff picture? I think we, we we just need to win. It didn't matter
4: how it comes. Of course, now we score like seven goals. It's even bigger. Like we got Cass scored two goals and lose. Score two big goals for us, so it's a huge for, huge for the team. But in the end, it's only two points.
3: And for you, your performance. I mean, home. You've been so good at home for most of the season. A little bit bumpy lately, but was tonight important for you too? Yeah, of
4: course. Every, every game is important. We need to win, and, and if we want to win. Goal. We need to be good. D need to be good. forward, need to be. everybody
2: needs to be good. We can. Our okay is not not good enough right now. So we have everyone have to be
1: they're at their best so it's no. important alright there's Miko Koskinen 41 saves tonight for the win remember he started 7-0 and at home then really tough his last 3 at Rogers place but he's back in the win column tonight Oilers 7 Buffalo 2, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown 780-496-0063 we have Gary standing by, hey Gary
6: hi hey go ahead Oh, thank you very much. Sorry for so, watching the uh, other sports here. Um, yeah, this is kind of quite a difference from the game against uh, Arizona there. Uh, this is a much more entertaining game to watch, definitely. Um, the secondary scoring finally came out. It's nice to see uh, both Ucic uh, and uh, um, Casting get two, uh, two goals each. I was hoping for Bolton to get a hat-trick. It would have been wonderful. Hey, win is win. It's, uh, as long as they win, and uh, I think now going forward they have to find the consistency. You know, not to go win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Uh, they gotta put together uh, uh, um, a winning streak here. I right? think. I at least get some traction uh, uh, ahead of the teams behind us, uh, following the orders here. So, uh, so my question is for the game in Vancouver: Who would you put in that Koskinen or or Talbot?
1: I'd put in Koskinen. Yeah, so so would I. I mean, Hitch has kind of gone with who's had a better performance lately. Talbot got that shutout and then got the next three starts. I know, obviously, he was pulled in San Jose. I don't know if that was on him, but I think you go back to Coston for the next game and that uh, yeah is for sure in Vancouver on Wednesday. Caleb from Elk Point texting in. Should the Oilers try to get something for their first round pick, what do you think they could get for it?
2: Honestly, I have no idea. I don't know what that's worth on the trade market. Um and, and I mean, depends what you're There's getting.
1: no sense bringing in a rental.
2: No, I would never trade for a rental. I, I wouldn't. The Oilers are not that close. It's not like they, you know what, we're one rental away from being a Stanley Cup contending team. So don't mortgage what you have in the future for a hope that you might make the playoffs. So no, I wouldn't put that into play unless, of course, you're, you're getting something back that you can have going forward. But like I would, if it was the yeah, first someone with term and something for. for something him. with term. Right. But I, wouldn't, I would not trade for someone who's an unrestricted free agent. That's going to be gone at the end of the season. That makes no sense to me.
1: Oilers win at 7 2 over Buffalo. More of your phone calls, more post game reaction when we get back to Studio 99. Oilers hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line.
0: Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio back on the ice giving it to Benning and cleared back to the Buffalo Blue Line. Rodriguez, one of the two Buffalo goals give away. Lucic shoots and scores. Scandella put it right on Lucic's tape and Milan Lucic buries his third of the year. It's 5-2 Edmonton. 7-2 would be the final
1: Edmonton over Buffalo. The first of two for Lucic on the evening. Zach Cassian also scored twice. McDavid and Nugent Hopkins, each with a goal and an assist, our face-off trivia question, Rob. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Sabers have Rasmus Stellin. He's going to be good. Very well, I good. I think he already is good, but yeah, he'll, he's going to get better, be even better. He was taken first overall in their history. Name the other two Sabers who they've taken first overall.
2: I, I knew Gilbert Perrault.
1: 1970.
2: I, I knew him. I was. I didn't remember the second one, although I have played against him. And I, and I played against his brother as well.
1: Pierre Turgeon in 1987. Maurice knew that, so his name goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card, courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca.
2: Uh, uh, Turgeon was a good hockey player. very, very good hockey player. Yeah. And that Perot kid was pretty good, too. Yeah. He was one of my favorite kids growing up. He was smooth, Gilbert Perot.
1: Oilers win 7 2 over the Sabres tonight. You know, so actually, somebody texted in. Who do you think would win a seven-game series between Edmonton and Buffalo? Well, I, I would still—I mean, I would still pick Buffalo. They're higher in the standings. I mean, this score is not totally indicative of the game. It's indicative of the magnitude of the mistakes and the goaltending and, well, the, and the finish.
2: The the only positive of that type of series would mean it would be the Stanley Cup Finals. Because that's that's the only way they can play each other. So, so let's. You know what? Let's let them play and see. So, hopefully, both teams can make a run in the playoffs.
1: All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Rocket standing by. Hey, Rocket. Hello. Hey, Rocket. Go ahead, man.
4: Hey, how you doing, guys? Pretty good. I just wanted to segue back to uh, Megan. I was fascinated about her uh, her question, and I kind of wanted to just elaborate on it a bit. You know, you can play sports and be good at a couple of things like dominant at a couple of things and play some other sports like me uh tennis you know golf squash racquetball a friend of mine was like exceptional at it and i wasn't very good at it but that never deterred me from ever playing him because i always learned from him and got better and better and better by playing people that that are better than you that's that's the only way you can learn from failure and then the flip side of that is you know when you're good you just do what you do naturally and and hope that everybody else kind of you know follows along and, and and you teach them along the way when you're actually dominant in the sport so i i don't know rob i just wanted your your input on that. And then second question was, um, I was just curious about how we lined up against uh, our next game against Vancouver in terms of uh, rosters and injuries.
2: Well, it's for, I mean, great players. If someone's great in a sport, they're normally great in all sports. It's, it, it, the crossover, They if you got great eye-hand coordination, uh, and you 're uh, as a hockey player you 're probably pretty good at baseball and you 're probably really good at lacrosse and If you ever see any of these europeans they 're all good at soccer, so these guys can play any sport and I personally I was the one that always liked playing against guys better than me as well it It, it was the challenge. You know, you, you knew you were probably going to lose, but you might be that one guy that could beat them in one-on-one. We used to do it at the end of practice all the time in Pittsburgh. We'd have the uh, Canadian team versus the Russians. It'd be a Swedish team. There'd be a, a Czech team. And we were the Canadian teams. We were just the slugs on the team. We'd, we'd go against the Russians. They'd have Kovalev and, and, and players like that. And I love going against Kovalev one-on-one. He'd make me look stupid like 10 times in a row, but that 11th time when I stopped him, it just made me feel good about myself. So, uh, and great players are also, they, they've been great their whole lives. They don't all of a sudden one day wake up in the National Hockey League and now I'm the best player. So they've always had to deal with playing with players that are, are less than them, and they've learned to, to adapt to it, and they have to. Because if you don't, you can't beat anyone one-on-one in the NHL all game long. You need other players to come with you, so you've got to adapt your game. As for Vancouver, uh, they're fairly healthy now, or they're getting healthier.
1: Uh, Yamamoto and Petrovic could be available to the Oilers. So I, I, don't
2: th- yeah, uh, I don't think Petrovic would be in. I think, they, I think Gravel would be in before. I think they might go with the same lineup that they won with tonight in Vancouver. Uh, they've got a big question mark as Peterson. Uh, He is all world. This kid is good, and he makes a huge difference. We've seen that in the games. They've gone head-to-head. I honestly, I hope he's in the lineup because I want to see him play again. I I, I think that uh, the Oilers are going to be in tough against the Vancouver Canucks because they're starting to get healthier, but you want to see their best lineup as you want to have the best Oiler lineup available as well.
1: Tonight, the Oilers over the Buffalo Sabres 7-2, who are coached by Phil Housley. Here he is for BDO First Call Debt Solutions. Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. Defensive effort in that one, would you feel that giving
4: up seven goals, this might be rock
1: right bottom for the team? You
5: no, know, but it's rock bottom. You know, when we look at the whole body of work you know, of our game, we had a good start. Uh, but, you know, we turned some pucks over and we talked about rush coverage this morning and I didn't think we did a very good job of that. And you know, They came in and they were able to find uh, the second wave, but even uh, when it was 3-2, I still felt that uh, uh, without the mistakes, I mean, they're uh, glaring mistakes that obviously we'd like to get back and pucks are on our stick and, um, you know, we're forcing plays or we don't make a play and uh, we can't give those kind of odd man situations up against a, a good team that can, can kill you in the rush. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I can't think of the last time we played a game like this. It was uh, everything we did wrong or the mistake we made we ended up in our net. So um, what can we can do? We, we're going to have to regroup
4: tomorrow. Why, as you said, they were forcing plays. Can you put your finger on why they were trying to
0: force so much?
5: I, I, I just think, you know, you look at the Erasmus or Stellanin where he's got that puck right down the slot, and he, 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 it's an unforced error, if you will. scandy has got... What kind of stick, and it's unforced error. So, it's not it's not so much that what we didn't do. I think we just gave them things, and uh, and they took advantage of it. You know.
1: Well, there's Phil Housley. Yeah, glaring errors, handing the Oilers opportunities. Not not that the Oilers were innocent of, of that tonight, but the the magnitude of the Buffalo mistakes were huge, and the Oilers finished.
2: Well, when you have two unassisted goals in your game, you know that someone made a big mistake on the other side. Yeah. In in the Oilers they scored seven and they had probably another four or five odd man breaks that were created by
1: well actually late in the first period even though the Oilers got outshot in the first the last three or four minutes they had some open looks where they didn't hit the net and they
2: had a few more in the second period as well too and the they had, well, in the, the very end when Nuge tried giving uh, Lucic the 2-on-1 the goal as well. They had a, a number of great scoring chances. And one thing Milan talked about in his interview is, as of late, there's been a lot of bounces that have gone against the others. And a lot of those times, the other teams created, and they got good bounces up, pucks off sticks, pucks off faces, pucks off uh, shin pads, all going in the net. Well, tonight the others did get some bounces as well. And the Connor McDavid one were... Uh Russeline, it falls down I mean that's a break for the Oilers Because it just happened to go under the stick of the best player In the National Hockey League So you got to take advantage of the breaks When you get it and tonight the Oilers did
1: Oilers win at 7-2 We'll get to Tony on the opening line when we get back We're live in Studio 99 Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction You're listening to Canadian Brew House. Overtime Open Line
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30. Drysaddle up the right-hand side, McDavid to the net, trying to tuck it 5-0, rebound, score. Right on cue, Leon Drysaddle, power play goal, flicking home a rebound of a Connor McDavid rush.
1: That is the final damage tonight, the seventh goal for the Oilers in a seven-2 win over the Buffalo Sabres, power play marker for Leon Draisaitl. Special teams tonight. The Oilers four for four on the PK, one for one on the power play. The third period power plays for Buffalo wouldn't have had a huge effect on the outcome had they scored, but they, they did have a power play. Down three-two in the first, uh, another chance in the second period to maybe get him back in it.
2: Yeah, no, the Oilers penalty kill was very good tonight. Uh, I thought it was a weirdly ref game today. I thought there were things that should have been called that weren't, and then uh, some. I mean, the Benning call. The, the, both calls, but the second one, the cross-check one, I'm like, okay, I saw Nurse and Larson absolutely cross-check guys in the corner ten times in a row, trying, trying to break their back, and then Benning kind of leans on a guy and gets one, I thought the ref might not like the Benning family from years gone by, but uh, no, the Oilers, if you win the specialty teams, you win the goaltending battle, you usually win a hockey game and the Oilers won all three things tonight.
1: Alright, we have Tony on the open line, hey Tony nice to hear from you. Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. So I got a, I got a few questions for Rob
6: because there's one thing that's been bothering me since Leon's been, uh, since Leon's been named an All Star, and at one point about the next few, the next couple games for us. The first one about Leon is, do you only think that just because he he's make David that he can produce, or do you think that if we really to get a player of? I don't know. McDavid, David maybe a little bit lower. He lower that he could play without McDavid because everybody's saying, "Oh, he can't play without him. He can't play." Dude, do you, without do him. you think? Do you
2: think Austin Matthews is only benefiting playing with Mitch Marner? No. Well, the same thing. I mean, uh, Connor McDavid has a better. Connor McDavid has more points playing with Drysdale than if he was without, and Leon Drysdale certainly has more points playing with Connor McDavid than if he was without. They, there is certainly a benefit playing with a great player like Connor McDavid, but uh, you could put Connor McDavid with two other guys on this team, and he's not going to be as successful. Uh, you, the best players, you got to put them with other great players so that you can see the true value of those players. Leon Dreisaitl deserves to be in the All Star game. There's and there's players that I don't think Giordano made the team, and he's a guy. To me, he's right now the the Norris pick. For me, he's the best defenseman in the world right now. So. Some guys don't make it, and it's unfortunate. Part of the reason is you have to have players from every team. Leon deserves to be there, and he deserves to be there on his own merit, not just because he's playing with Connor McDavid.
4: And my other question... Got to be quick here, Tony. Uh, Got to be quick. Yeah. For my next question about the next two games, because we're going into uh, San Jose and Calgary, what would you do
1: to basically get the same result? Like, like, example, 40-plus shots tonight. How would you reduce that to maybe 25, 20?
2: Well, the Oilers didn't play well in their own zone at times tonight. They've got to show up. Ken Hitchcock knows that. He's talked about it. They've got to be much smarter with the puck at the blue lines, and their work ethic. If they got to take the same work ethic, same desperation. They played with a little desperation tonight. They certainly will need that in Vancouver in their next game.
1: All right. Thanks, Tony, for calling. Thanks, to everybody who called and texted tonight as the Oilers get a win. Back and forth they go in January. Four and three. Seven games into the month. They will be at Vancouver on Wednesday, 6 o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 8. Get it all here on 630Ched. Get more on 630Ched.com. 7-2 over Buffalo tonight is the final. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, back at 630Ched. We've been live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.